Welcome to the Get Cute Podcast, and today we are going to be talking about coding interviews. Stay tuned. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> today is overwhelming for me. Uh, thanks to Cher and a lot of other people that have boosted my podcast and been talking about it and retweeting it and subscribing to it and listening to me. Uh, things have absolutely gone bananas. Uh, so to give you some perspective, on Twitter, Get Cute Podcast had a following of 31 lovely followers, including myself. And as of right now, uh, September 2nd, I have 291 followers in less than 36 hours. Uh it's been a lot. <laughs> My phone can't handle it. Twitter app can't handle it. But all I can say is thank you. Thank you so much for liking my content and for supporting my last episode. I know it wasn't necessarily as technical as some of my other episodes have been, but the response has been genuinely and mostly positive. And thank you for allowing me to speak openly and freely about what it is like to be a black woman in tech among this space and um, I can't thank y'all enough for that so thank you thank you thank you thank you I would also like to say a shout out to Marcy Sutton Uh, Marcy was the first person that emailed me and she gave me the suggestion of adding transcripts to my episodes and thanks to Marcy I have actually found a great provider for me to transcribe all my episodes and that is actually in the process so I already have a transcript provided in the show description link on my last episode. And um, I am working on putting that in all of my previous episodes. And there will definitely be a transcription for this one as well. So again, thank you, Marcy, for the suggestion and for the site because it made it super, super easy to do so. Onward to the actual episode. So today we're going to be talking about coding interviews. And I'm going to be blunt. I hate coding interviews mainly because of the format that they are typically in. If you've never been on a coding interview, this is the typical format from my experience. You have a screening call with either a technical recruiter or a hiring manager. Sometimes these can vary. They can be pretty chill and relaxed to almost a bombardment of technical questions, which is what I have the most experience with. So a technical recruiter just wants to make sure that you're the right fit for the job. They'll ask you pretty vague questions about whatever language or position that you're applying for. And usually from there, they'll go ahead and tell the hiring manager, hey, this person seems like they're going to be a good candidate. They actually know what they're talking about, and they set it up from there. If you have a screening with a hiring manager, well, that can vary. Sometimes hiring managers, depending on what company it is, They are just interested in seeing how you perform in a team environment. They'll ask you specific questions about whatever technology stack you're working on. Um, Maybe they'll even ask you some questions about a problem that you face and how you manage that technically. If you have the other interviews, which is what I have the most experience with, the person will literally bombard you with technical questions for 30 minutes straight. And perhaps you're thinking, oh, that's easy. If I know my language well enough and my frameworks for my language well enough, that should be fine. And that's great. But the thing is, is that most of these screenings can be completely unpredictable. Experience, let's say uh, you have a 30-minute screening, and this hiring manager typically has maybe 
one to two pages of questions that's been typed up by probably themselves or their department or whomever. And they just quite literally go down the list asking you everything from web sockets to database configuration to algorithms to design patterns. It's endless. And honestly, unless you have three to six months to actually study for your coding interview, there's no way that you're going to be able to maintain all that information if you're not already doing that in your job. Some of you may be saying, Jocelyn, what's the problem? If you're not already doing that in your job, you probably shouldn't be applying for the job in question. Okay, somewhat fair, but let's also look at it from this perspective. If you can remember your last coding interview and you can remember the questions that you had in your screening or even within your interview itself, when was the last time that you implemented any of those things that you talked about? I'll wait. No, really, I will because Software engineering takes the gatekeeping interview to a whole nother level. And yes, I know there are great resources out there for us to help to crack the coding interview. Please don't sue me because I am talking about Cracking the Coding Interview by Gail Lackman McDowell. This book is my Bible. It should be any software engineer's Bible while traversing the weird puzzle interview process that we have for most of our jobs in this industry. Gail does an amazing job at breaking down the technical interview. She goes from the interview process to helping you with big O notation to helping you figure out technical questions, how to even handle offers and rejections, which is amazing. But the thing that is the most important for most people that buy this book are the behind the scenes section of her book, where she breaks down the interviews for some of the companies that we have. And if you remember from my first episode, I talked about the big end companies, which are pretty much the companies within technology that most software engineers want to be able to add to their resume, such as Microsoft, Google, Facebook, Apple, etc. And she has most of the things for these companies in her book to help Again. you break down the process. And as much as I love cracking the coding interview and how much it's actually helped me get two jobs since I've owned the book and I've read the book time and time again, you have to stop and wonder why are coding interviews so damn hard? And a lot of things may come to mind at first like, well, Jocelyn, we are quite literally building the world's future. Dramatic enough, but understandable. But at the same time, the coding interviews are extremely hard, but then when you get into your actual job, you realize it's not that difficult because what coding interviews take out of the mix is the actual computer itself and the internet. When you're on a job, be it beginner level all the way up to senior, you can use the internet to figure out what's happening. And to be completely honest, I use Google all the time in my job. As software engineers, we are forced to keep up with so many technologies and so many things that sometimes your brain just cannot handle it all at once. And sometimes it gets rid of the things that it doesn't need in that moment in order for you to focus on whatever task you have at hand. If I happen to have to look up, say, a JavaScript operator just because I can't remember what it actually means or what it does in that moment in time doesn't make me a bad software engineer. It just means... I forgot, and I have a lot of other things on my plate as a full-stack engineer. And I think that's the majority of the discourse surrounding coding interviews. We're not saying that people should just be ushered into software engineering jobs without any sort of screening, but you have to wonder, are we making this interview process this hard because we actually want the candidates to be the best of the best, or is our ego at play here? And the answer is, it's a mix of both. 
coming out of my coding boot camp, I actually went back to every single cohort for almost two years to make sure that the students that were going through the interview process didn't make the same mistakes that I did. Because when I first started interviewing, I was terrible. I was so nervous. I forgot everything. And so when I would go back, I was actually known as the person that made the mock interviews pretty hard. And it's not because my ego was at play or I was being a total asshole. It was because I know that from experience that in almost every single interview, there's going to be that one engineer that's going to throw you that curveball question, and you have to learn how to deal with that. And maybe from my interviews, they actually knew the knowledge if they were throwing a curveball and they could answer correctly. But even if you don't know the answer, you need to learn how to answer the question without knowing the answer. Does that make sense? You never want to try to bullshit your way through a technical answer for a question because the engineer that's asking you that question definitely knows the correct answer to it. It's best to just be honest about the limits of your knowledge. No job that is worth having you is going to fault you for simply saying, I don't know the answer to that question. Now it's time for the least favorite part of a coding interview for me personally, and that's whiteboarding. I would rather have a thousand rusty nails driven under my fingernails than have to do a whiteboarding interview. Not because I don't know how to do them. I've done a lot of whiteboarding interviews successfully at that. But it's just the fact that I have to go stand up in front of a group of people and code algorithms that I rarely use in my day-to-day job without my IDE. I, I love IntelliJ. IntelliJ, I love you. And I love that it completes things for me. And I love the fact that I have the internet. But whiteboarding doesn't allow you that. Whiteboarding tells you, hey, you need to know the syntax for this. And I guess in some whiteboarding interviews, if you ask the interviewers if you can actually use like shorthand, sometimes they'll allow you. But most of the time, they're looking forward to make sure that you have your brackets in the right place and if your code will actually compile, which is a lot when you're trying to remember all the algorithms for certain questions in the most efficient manner to solve these questions, and then you have to remember the syntax of your language on top of it. Some of you may be saying, Jocelyn, that's not that hard. Well, for a lot of people, it actually is that hard. It's a lot, especially when you already have social anxiety or maybe even performance anxiety. All of that on top of it is just terrible. And because you fail a whiteboarding interview doesn't mean that you're a bad engineer. There are some technical companies that are actually moving away from whiteboarding interviews and are opting to give candidates take-home tests instead. Take-home tests like projects, which I think is a great idea because then you can get a good sense of what the candidate actually, how that candidate actually codes. From the cleanness of their code to their comments, which comments are important, and we'll get into that in another episode, or how they even structure their code, how they test their code, and what frameworks or languages they use for that code. I think that's a perfect way to gauge somebody's skill level. However, there's also the other side of it where you don't want to be spending weeks at a time on a project. I personally believe that a project shouldn't take you more than maybe four to eight hours, which is broken up over a weekend should be pretty okay. But if you happen to be somebody that's actually still working full time and doesn't have the time to sit down for four to eight hours straight to code something, maybe the course over a week or two is also beneficial as well. While there are more companies realizing that gatekeeping coding interviews are hurting diversity and inclusion initiatives by alienating alternative pipelines to just colleges and universities, that is not the majority, so you will still have to study. 
I mentioned cracking the coding interview, and I will say that this book is a must, and I will put a link to the purchase it in the show description. For anyone that's listening that is not an engineer, McDowell also has cracking the PM interview, and I highly suggest getting that book as well. The areas that I will tell you to focus on are dependent on what you're applying for and what role you're applying for ultimately. However, I would say that reading the big O notation chapter front ways and back and then reading it again is perfect. As someone who wasn't taught big O notation, but has a natural inclination for mathematics, it still took me a very long time to understand it, but this book made it very concise and the practice exercises for this chapter are essential. Another thing to look into is algorithms. If you're going for a big end company, it's important because their interviews are usually very algorithm heavy. I suggest knowing different types of algorithms and their big O notations as well. Knowing the implementation is one thing, but a question may arise as to why you chose that algorithm to solve or why you didn't use it a faster solution instead and being able to talk to those points. The best advice I received is to have a couple interviews throughout the year, even though you may not want to leave your job, but to practice and to keep your skills sharp. I know it kind of sounds ridiculous, but it's true. A good alternative to have is just maybe a close friend grill you on your things instead, just in case you don't want to have to go through the application process for not. Coding interviews are really hard because the industry has designed them to be. But you know what? We have taught ourselves how to break down large complex problems into smaller manageable ones, and interviewing is no different. Until the paradigm shifts, it is what it is. As stressful as it may be, give yourself time to study and don't load it all up on yourself at once. I will leave you with a tidbit of wisdom that I always give people whenever I am doing mock interviews because the soft skills are as important as the technical skills and that is to not be weird. I know it seems kind of vague, but honestly, we are a different kind of breed and sometimes people don't have the soft skills that they need to have interviews. So what I mean by not being weird is when you're in a coding interview, not only are you trying to show them your technical chops, but you're also trying to prove to this person that you are somebody that they wanna work with. And if you're being really weird, not looking them in the eye, being really dismissive of their questions, doing weird random body movements, which I swear to God, That has actually happened and I've had to tell somebody to stop that. And then they went into the interview and did it anyway. Um, Just don't be weird. Uh, I know it's really hard because it's a very anxious situation. I get nervous. I'm not perfect by it by any means. But I do know that selling yourself is part of the coding interview process. And if the person doesn't think that they would want to have you on their team, then ultimately they won't hire you, no matter how good of an engineer that you are. And that's the end of the episode. I hope you all like this. Um, Maybe at some point down the line, I will get a little bit more in-depth into actual coding interview practices like big O notation. I know that I said that it was really hard for me to grasp, but now it's something that I absolutely love and I love teaching people about it. So I should more than likely bring y'all a podcast episode about that. However, I digress. It is the end of the episode, so if you like this episode, feel free to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. It helps me out a lot on the business side of things, and it will just broaden my reach, and that's ultimately what I want, so thank you in advance. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to email me at thegetcutepodcast at gmail.com. I love emails. They make me very happy, and I would love to answer them. 
Also follow me on social media at Get Cute Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And also, um, if you want to follow me on my personal account on Twitter, that's where I'm the most active. Although I must admit, I am not talking about technical things most of the time right now because it is almost fall. I am talking about fall and horror movies and boots and all of the great things that come with my favorite season. So by all means, follow me at so-and-so's. Thank you so much again for all your support. Um, Hello to all of the newcomers. I am very excited that you're here. And I hope that you will stick with me for the long haul. Okay, bye.